0: This is The Catholic Life Coach with Jenny Gwynn. This podcast is designed to share powerful life coaching concepts through the lens of scripture, church teachings, and the lives of the saints. My goal is to equip and encourage you to live a happy, healthy, holy life so that you can be the light of Christ for those around you. Hey, friends. Welcome to my podcast today's podcast is very exciting I have a very special guest and I have my husband Gary with me hey Gary
1: good morning
0: thank you for joining me today now the reason he is here is because the day that this podcast launches we will be celebrating our 32nd wedding anniversary it seems crazy
1: it seems like yesterday
0: it does but it it goes by fast um, So we wanted to share our story with you and to encourage you and to inspire you because marriage is not always easy.
1: Marriage is definitely not a spectator sport.
0: Right. That's a good way to put it. So to tell you a little bit about Gary and I, we started very young. We um, got things a little backwards when we were teenagers and we had our oldest son in March of 1990 and we got married in May of 1990. And so we started very young. We were very blessed to have the support of family and friends, but we also worked really hard. We worked long hours trying to make ends meet. Uh, We were in school and we were also raising a child. Yes. Um, But, you know, looking back, I don't think I would have changed anything. I think it was the exact path that we were supposed to be on to become the people that we are today.
1: God definitely has a plan for everyone's life, and it's not always the plan that you think it's Right, not your plan, but our path definitely was definitely led by the Holy Spirit, led by God.
0: Right. It was hard, but I think it made us stronger. It taught us how to work hard, and we had to figure things out together. We were sort of just thrown into the fire as babes and— we we often say that we grew up with our oldest child.
1: Yeah, we had to figure it out day by day as we went. Exactly. Luckily, your parents, my parents, grandparents, we had a lot of support, a lot of help. Yes. And learned a lot from them.
0: Yes. And we learned a lot from each other and from making mistakes.
1: We, we made a few of those.
0: Right. It's, it's a great way to learn. So over the past 32 years, we have had tremendous joy and happiness. Um, we have had so many blessings. We have three beautiful sons. Um, we very soon will become grandparents, and we're very excited about that transition in life. But our lives have also been very busy, and it hasn't always, marriage, like Gary said, is not always easy. There are times that make you wonder, did I make a mistake? Did I get this wrong? You know, like you second guess everything. And so what we want to share with you is that that's part of marriage. That's part of being married to someone else and It you just you work through it. And so what we want to share with you are ways that we found that helped strengthen our marriage, how we overcame obstacles. And um, we just get through every day. So I often think back to that young mom at 19 who got married sooner than expected, had a baby. She was scared. Uncertain and worried about making a mistake. Um, I have a bit of a perfectionist in me and seek approval. And so I can remember back at 19, I was filled with all different kinds of emotions. And so I think what I would tell her is that to trust yourself. And this is what I say to you too, if you're listening, if you find yourself scared and uncertain and worried about marriage and raising a family is trust yourself You are stronger and more capable than you can imagine. Looking back, I have all of the proof over 32 years to prove that, you know, all of the ways that we overcame obstacles and, you know, when it didn't seem like we were going to be able to get over the next hurdle we did. And so just believe in yourself. You were stronger and more capable than you can ever imagine. Do you have advice?
1: Wow. Um, You know thinking back if I could talk to myself when I was 21 years old when we got married and had Justin um, you have to learn to to become kind of selfless because you know marriage is about putting other people first and you don't you know you're not sacrificing yourself totally but you are putting others first your wife, your family ahead of yourself. And it is, as you said, it's a, it's work. It's a lot of hard work. Um, There's times where you will second guess yourself and question, am I doing, you know, did I make a mistake? Am I supposed to be married? Um, What would it look like to end this marriage? And it is, that's unfortunately the easy way out because it is, you know, it's, it's those tough times that make you stronger. And, and obviously we've had over 32 years, we've had challenges, we've had issues. And I think every time we've come on the other side of one of those, it's made our marriage, it's made our relationship, it's made our faith way stronger.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. And the reason that I really wanted us to come on today and share this is because there are so many marriages out there that are struggling. And it's easy to think that everybody around you has the perfect life and the perfect marriage. But that is not true. Um, And so what I've been focusing my life coaching on is our relationships, and especially marriage. I like to call it life coaching and the marriage gap. Now, You may wonder, what is the marriage gap? So let me assure you that we've all been there and we will be in that gap again at some point in marriage. So here's how I want you to think about it. Think about your marriage or relationship that you're in right now. On one side is the actual relationship. It's the happiness, the joys, the satisfaction, but it's also your problems and challenges. On the other side of the gap is how you want the relationship to be. Maybe you want there to be more understanding. Maybe you want there to be less arguing and less anger. Maybe you want more compassion or stronger connection, whatever it is that you desire for that relationship. So in the middle of those is the gap. And in the gap are the obstacles, the problems, the challenges that need to be overcome. But in the gap is also where you uncover the strategies or steps to reach the other side. In my mind, I like to picture it, you know, your the gap is a valley. And the strategies and the tools to overcome it are like a ladder where you can climb out to the other side, to the, the marriage or the relationship that you desire. Now, like Gary said, being in that gap is the hard part of marriage. It's in the gap that you want to throw in the towel or give up. It's in the gap where you second guess your decision to marry and wonder if things could actually ever be better. But the great news is that in marriage coaching, I help you find a new perspective. It is possible to feel better. I equip and encourage um, couples with tools, strategies, and insight to move out of that gap into the relationship that they desire. So
1: another way I I want to relate what you're saying, um, that gap. So we all grow up with hopes and dreams. And I think this is something I got from Andy Stanley. Uh, We all have hopes and dreams. We bring those hopes and dreams into our marriage and they go into a box. And sometimes that box is never reopened because your hopes and dreams you had as a child, as a teenager, what you saw happening in your life, that changes when you get married because it's not me and her, it's us. Right, And to have that union, you have to really work together to have the same hopes and dreams. And, and, you know, not that you can don't have individual hopes and dreams, but, you know, you're building a future and those things, you know, it, it takes time to work through and process how that works together.
0: And I totally agree. And when you think about the perspective of that box, when you bring your hopes and dreams, Into that marriage, you're also bringing your hurts, your wounds, your habits, good and bad habits that you have. And so it's you're putting it all together and trying to figure out how to make it work and how to move forward together. And that can be some of the hardest parts of marriage is accepting each other for who you are without judgment, without um you know, trying to manipulate and change one another. But also on the flip side is in marriage, the way to really strengthen your marriage is through honesty and humility, like laying it all out on the line and trusting that other person is going to build you up and encourage you and make you stronger. Absolutely. So over the years, we were talking about some of the, the main issues that we've had. And so we kind of we came up with three of them. So the first one is stress. It is it's stressful um, working, raising a family, managing a house, trying to meet the needs of your children and provide for them and not having enough time in your day to get everything done. And while all of those things bring you great joy and happiness and you would never trade them for anything. It's also a time in your life that can be stressful. And another big stress, stressor is money. Absolutely. And yeah. and so money, I know for us, was one of those things that created division. You know, you've always been in finance. You've always been the one to take the lead of, our, you know, our, our financial um. And so that has been a big stressor because that, that is definitely your strength. It is definitely my weakness. And so, you don't, know, you agree with that.
1: I'm not, no comment. <laughs> yes, it's true.
0: Yes. And so that, I know that money is something that has stressed us out.
1: It has, you know, it, historically, I don't think it does these days, but historically, I mean, we, again, starting so young, we didn't have money saved. We were way behind on retirement saving because we were, trying to buy a house and raise children and survive and not go too deeply into debt when we were younger. And we learned a lot. A lot of times we learned it the hard way. Right. Uh, but the, the strong work ethic and the communication and sometimes having to tell your partner, no, we don't need to do that or we can't do that. That's, that's not an easy conversation. Right. So it does create stress.
0: It does create stress and it can create division. And so I think what we found is being open to the other person, being open to their perspective and not that you would tell me how to spend money or, you know, you just tried to be open about this is where our budget is this month. And and it took me respecting that from you. Right. Um, and so I think with with stress, that taking a step back and looking at it from your your spouse's perspective, having some empathy to see where they're coming from and knowing that both of you are in it together and looking to do the best thing for your marriage and for your family and for the financial health of your family.
1: Definitely. And it's, and, and it, you know, it is hard. It is stressful because all those things that you're doing, trying to raise a family take care of all the different things you got to take care of. It's like spinning the plates and trying to keep all the plates spinning. It's you take focus off of each other and off your marriage. And it's definitely can be very stressful. Yes. But there's, there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Right. Yes. Um, So then the next thing that we thought about is boredom and meaning boredom, like not necessarily bored with each other, but it's so easy over the years in marriage. And again, Raising a family. And and even now that we're almost empty nesters, but our three sons are independent. And so we find ourselves you know, alone a lot and just the two of us doing things. And we we find that when we talk about boredom, we call it living in our box. We joke about we have this box and that we don't get out of our box very often. And so a month or so ago, our youngest son was meeting a group of friends for prom pictures, and it was on the other side of town. And we decided that after pictures, we were going to get out of our box and have dinner somewhere different. So when we talk about our box, we have two to three restaurants that are our norm. And we have like the same places, the same grocery store and routine routine that we fall into. And so that night after pictures, we researched, Okay, we're going to go somewhere different. But nothing really sounded appealing or that wouldn't be super busy. We didn't want to wait. So we came back to our part of town back to our box, but we made ourselves go somewhere different. I guess you could say we moved into a different corner of our
1: box. A different quadrant, maybe.
0: (laughs) Yes. And so it's easy to fall into boredom, like doing the same things over and over again and wondering, like, Is life always going to be this way? Is there ever going to be any excitement? And so just recognizing that when you have stress or boredom, it doesn't mean anything's wrong. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or your spouse or even the relationship. But being aware that I feel really bored. We need to get out of our box. We need to do something different and then doing it.
1: I think that's a place where communication is super important because one spouse may be just totally zoned in, focused on their work, their whatever they've got going on, and the other one may be falling into that rut and feeling bored. You've got to speak up. You've got to communicate about it, and you've got to challenge yourselves to uh, find creative ways to, to do things differently. For us, get out of the box. Otherwise, w- years ago, we used to have a saying, Um, that at times you feel like you're you're married singles. Right. And you don't want to be there because that's not a not a good place to be at all.
0: Your roommates versus soulmates. Right. Yes. So then the other um, issue that we that comes up in our marriage is lack of attention. And by that, I mean, you know, focusing on our children, our jobs. We both have careers that we love that are more, we don't really see them as jobs. And so we pour our our hearts and souls into them. And then Gary and I are really big. We love to serve. We love to be involved. And, you know, sometimes we overcommit ourselves and it leaves very little time for one another, Each other. right? And so that lack of attention is you're focusing on everything else, except for the relationship, except for your marriage. And it doesn't leave a lot of time for conversations, or, you know, really what's going on in the daily, you know, when you go your ways in the morning, not knowing what's going on in your day. And so that lack of attention can really create division. And I think when we look back, that the, the parts of our marriage where we really had the biggest struggles, that it goes back to that lack of attention. That our priority was somewhere else rather than on each other and our marriage.
1: Absolutely agree with that. And, and there's, there's more coming up that we'll talk about that's the, the even more important facet of that. Um, but yeah, you've got to be attentive to each other's needs all the time. And again, that goes back to it's work. It's not easy always. Sometimes it's super easy, but it's not always easy. Right.
0: So the thing that we want to encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast and you are just starting your marriage, if you've been in your marriage for a while, is that there are good times, but there are also challenging times. And again, that does not mean anything's wrong. That is part of marriage. Um, Like I said, raising a family can be difficult at times, but it's also the greatest joy that you will ever experience. Um, You know, there are lots of demands at home and at work. Kids are unpredictable. They get sick. You might have you know, sports practices on top of ball games. And there's always the last minute school projects, or at least they were with our kids.
1: Never fails.
0: Making runs to the grocery store or Target at nine o'clock the night before. Um, and so these are the things that can put a wedge between you and your spouse. There are the times that maybe you feel disconnected in your marriage. Um, and it, it happens, but it's just being aware of when it happens so that you can come back together as a couple And I can remember, you know, when the kids were younger and I was in the classroom every day and then, you know, just because school ended, there were still kids to take to practices and, you know, he was working hard in his job and we coaching, coaching, we were running around and had to find something to cook for dinner. And then there was homework and I would be exhausted at the end of the day. And I can just remember telling him, I have nothing left to give. Like there's I have nothing left to give. And unfortunately, I had nothing left to give him because I allowed all of those other things to exhaust me. And so it was just recognizing that and recognizing that it was causing a disconnect in our relationship. And we were able to overcome that. We were able to prioritize our marriage in little ways, like just having conversations when the kids went to bed or making time for date nights or getting away for a long weekend a couple of times a year. Um, and again, there was nothing wrong with the relationship because we were able to catch it. We, were, we had that awareness and were able to bring it back on track. I think the key when you have good times and bad times is to recognize that in marriage, there will always be peaks and valleys. So don't resist the valleys. Just know they are coming and recognize that when they come, that you're in that valley and open yourself up to work through it so that the valley can come and go. It's so easy when a difficult time comes to think, again, that there's something wrong that there's something wrong with you or your spouse or the relationship, but there's not. Like just being in that valley is a normal part of life. And one of the things that I share with my life coaching clients is that life is 50-50, It's 50% negative and 50% positive. And we live in a world that tells us life should always be happy. It should always be full of fun, that you should never struggle. But that's not true. Like we know and we know as Christians from our faith, we look at the life of Jesus and we see that he experienced great joys, but he also had the lowest of lows. And so that is the same way individually for each of us. One day you may be filled with joy and happiness and the next day you're full of anxiety or stress. And so when you bring two people together in a marriage and they have good days and bad days, then obviously your marriage is going to have good days and bad days.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, take that a, another angle. Um, if, if every day is happy and joyful and it's, you know, unicorns and rainbows. Where do you grow? You know, you get your growth as a couple, as a, as partners, as soulmates, and you get your growth individually during the hard times, because that's when you're really learning. Okay. What got us to this level? What got me to this level? How do I get out? How do I get on the other side of it? And you get tremendous growth from those challenging times.
0: Right. And that leads us into this next part that we want to talk about is faith and how faith has shaped our lives and our marriage and our relationship. And like we've talked about, marriage is difficult at times. It's two broken people bringing the good, the bad, and the ugly together. And it can be really, really messy. I can remember times in our marriage where we were in the darkness of a valley and thinking that climbing out seemed impossible. But this is where faith comes in. It's common in marriage to think that the other person has to change or act differently so that you can feel better. So we go about our day trying to manipulate, control, or coerce the other person to act so that we can feel better. And this, my friends, usually leads to more division, more arguing, and even more disconnection. Um, There was a time in our marriage that things weren't going well, and I had tried everything to make it better. And by trying to make it better, I can remember I was trying to change Gary so that I would feel better. It was all his fault. It was all his actions. And I remember sitting in the den in the middle of the night, like just sitting there wide awake at three o'clock in the morning, thinking I have no idea what to do because what I was doing wasn't working. And I can remember surrendering it to God like, saying, God, I can't fix this. So I just give it all to you. And I remember that so vividly because the problems didn't just magically go away when we woke up the next morning. But instead of thinking that I had to fix it, surrendering to God allowed him to come in and work through me. So instead of trying to almost be God myself and think that I had to fix Gary, that surrender allowed God into our marriage. And with that, it brought healing and unity. And I can remember not long after that night, I felt a weight lift off of me because just turning things over to God, things that seem so impossible, that seem like they can never be healed or that reconciliation can't happen. God can restore and renew marriages. And it's also during these times, these difficult times, that that bond of commitment is, comes out like, I'm not ready to throw in the towel. I want to keep fighting for this. I'm committed. And I think your relationship with God strengthens that
1: no question about it. And I mean, let's just be honest. Um, No one except for Jesus is perfect and everyone, especially men make mistakes and you know, have oftentimes an S on their chest thinking they're Superman and they can do anything and everything and um, get caught up in their own bubble. And one of the things, you know, as Christians, as Catholics, we talk a lot about the Trinity you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, Trinity associates directly to marriage also, because individually, husband and wife, you're gonna struggle, big time struggle, and you may or may not succeed. But if your marriage is a Trinity, and at the center of your marriage is Jesus, you're you're gonna have hard times, but you are virtually guaranteed success. Because if you keep, God and keep Jesus in your marriage and at the center of your marriage, it will, you will find things to be easier. It's easier to work things out. It is, uh, you have fewer of those valleys and, and you're still going to have them, but maybe they don't go as deep and as dark.
0: Right. So one of the things that I think is so important to us is that marriage in the Catholic church is one of the seven sacraments. And it's a very sacred sign that shows the world like a deeper spiritual reality, how two people can combine their faith into one. And in marriage, a man and woman reveal the full, free, faithful and fruitful love that Jesus Christ has for each one of us. And so one of our goals has always been for people to see us, to see our marriage and to also see the face of Jesus, especially our children. Um, So we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, in marriage, we talked about finances and that you have strengths and weaknesses and um, definitely finances. Gary has the strength and, but together with my weaknesses, we've been able to work together where it doesn't create as much trouble anymore. Um, you know, something else. One of my strengths is planning. Now, Gary's a good planner and he's very detailed. And so we have uh, a trip coming up this summer with our family and we kind of together talked about where we wanted to go and the dates. And so I got on and did the research and I found the VRBO and I put the call out to make sure the kids could go and my parents and sister are going. And um, then I handed it over to Gary, and Gary's really good about taking it and, you know, being the finance person. He's the one that you know made the payment on VRBO, but he also looks at all the fine print that I tend to skip over. So the details, the detail, yes, the details. And so in that sense, we make a really good team together. Another strength and weaknesses is when I've done. Um, the assessments, I'm really like 52% extrovert and 48% introvert. And Gary's probably falls about the same. We are both extroverted in certain situations and then can be very introverted. And so I think we, we play off of each other that, you know, we, encourage each other like we need to get out we like to be on the go but then the other one we kind of pull each other in now so that we don't get overcommitted or sign up to do too much stuff
1: I would agree with that definitely
0: yes so we want to leave you with three ways that we've learned to strengthen our marriage and the first one is to become a team so we each have strengths and weaknesses there are times that you might carry more of the load But we believe that everything should be a team. We each have jobs in our house that we sort of gravitate towards. Um, You know, there are certain things in the kitchen or doing the laundry that we just kind of each take care of. But raising a family and being united in your marriage means that we have to work together. And, you know, not really keep score of who's doing this and who's doing that. We just kind of fill in for each other. Yeah.
1: You just do it. You find, you know, again, you have your strengths and weaknesses. I might enjoy doing laundry. You might hate it. Um, True. I'm not going to go into other examples, but it's, it's part of that, you know, bottom line marriage is, is not a commitment. It's not a partnership. It's a covenant. And within that covenant where two become one, you do have to be partners and you do have to be committed. But the big picture is it's it's a covenant, which is unbreakable
0: right. by man. Right. We are in the process of putting in an outdoor kitchen, which is Gary's dream. And we were talking the other night about sometimes I just get to the point and all you moms out there might be able to relate. I just don't know what to cook for dinner. And so he said the other night, if you'll just plan the menu, I'll take it from there. So I'm like, this is great teamwork. I have to come up with what to cook But then he loves the part of cooking, and he's a really good cleaner, too. Yeah, well. Yes. All right. So the second way that we've learned to strengthen our marriage is our faith. Faith is everything. Having a personal relationship with Christ is so crucial. Um, And there will be times that one person in the relationship may be more active in their faith than the other person, and that's okay. It happens. In marriage, we walk beside one another, but we also carry each other when needed. And faith is one of these examples. There was a time that I was the spiritual leader in our family. And to be honest, there were times that I really resented Gary for it. If we were going to mass, then I was the one who got everyone moving on Sunday out the door and into church. But Gary and I were blessed about 10 or 12 years ago to discover Curcio. And that Curcio weekend was a game changer for each of our faith lives, but also for our family and the faith life of us as a couple. Um, In Curcio, we found a way that we could nurture our faith lives, but it was also a way for us to be active in ministry together. It was a way that we could connect and we formed this beautiful community with other Christians with other couples who were living the same life we were. They were in the trenches. They were in the gaps, but yet they were also experiencing the joys of marriage and raising a family as well. And so another important aspect of your faith life is the community that you create by joining a church. When you create a circle of friends who are going through the similar ups and downs as you it's easy to be inspired by their actions. Having close, intimate relationships with others allows you to see that everyone has struggles. And it's so easy, easy, especially in the world of social media that we live in, to think that other people live perfect lives. But it isn't so, right? Absolutely. Like we said, marriage requires work. It demands forgiveness. And healing comes from empathy and compassion.
1: Yeah, and when you have that community and you're 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 spending time with people in the same situation, like-minded people. You see in living color their challenges and struggles and there's times where you help lift them up and individually and as a couple. And then there's times where just their example, you see how they're doing things and all of a sudden you start doing similar things and you find that it is, you know, it's strengthening for you As a couple, it's strengthening for you individually, it's drawing you closer to your faith. And it's super important to have that, that community of the people that you, you know, you're not always with them, but you have those times that you're together, be it just at church, be it at other activities. And it's, it really will help your growth.
0: Absolutely. And I also think going to church on Sunday helps you reconnect with your spouse. You know, you may have had a crazy week, you may have argued, you may have been stressed or overwhelmed, you may have been irritated with it, with each other, but sitting in church, it helps. All of the difficulties tend to fade, and it you, gives you an opportunity to be encouraged and equipped to face the week ahead together. It just gives you a little bit of perspective. And I like to think of it as going to church is like planting little seeds of love, um, seeds of commitment and compassion and empathy, and those seeds bloom when you need them most. So I, I would encourage you: work on yourself first. Spend time strengthening your faith life first. Then step back and allow God to work in your spouse and in your marriage. And then third, reconnect daily. And I like we heard this image somewhere before. I'm not sure where we heard it, but. We heard it explained, like, you and your spouse are like two boats on the water. As you go about your day, you can slowly drift apart from one another. You both go in different directions, different jobs, different responsibilities. And at the end of the day, you can be on opposite ends of the lake from one another. And you have to make it a point to, like, reconnect, to bring yourselves back together. So even if it's 10 minutes to talk, listen, and respond to one another without distractions and coming together, when you have a family, sometimes it's hard to even find 10 minutes to come back together. Um, But we know that how important that has been in our marriage, whether it's, you know, Gary makes fun of me because he can be talking, and I can fall asleep while he's mid-sentence at night. yep, um, but just finding time that you can have that uninterrupted time to reconnect. Sometimes it might be on the phone when he's on his way home from work, but just talking about um you know what you're experiencing and and what's happened that day. Um, so when you do that,
1: one of the things that's really important, what you said there. Is without distractions. You know, in our world of technology, I will admit, confess, whatever, I am terrible about trying to multitask. We can be having a conversation, you're telling me about your day, you're, you know, whatever. And what do I do? I pick up my phone and I'm reading this email or I got this text message or this breaking news update. Trying to put the stuff down and really be fully intentionally engaged in each other is critical.
0: Well, and because it goes back to that lack of attention, you know, that one of those issues that we talk about is multitasking and we're both guilty of it. It's you're not giving your full attention to the other person. And so just making sure that you connect and then that sets you back up for the next day to be connected and united instead of already, you know, far apart from each other, um, And people change in marriages. Like we could do a whole nother podcast on that about how we've changed over the past 32 years. We will. And so um, staying connected helps you feel safe to share your thoughts, your feelings, and to still uncover those dreams and desires, the things that you need. So take regular stock of your relationship to make sure that you and your spouse don't drift apart. Make it a goal to love and accept different changes that life brings And be open to how you can change individually as a couple. Now, the goal of a Christ-centered marriage, like Gary says, is the goal is to get each other to heaven, right? It's two people who come together with all their brokenness, their hurts, their wounds, their habits, but also their sins. And so marriage can be a place for healing to happen when you humbly open yourself up for your spouse to see all of you. Healing happens when you trust that your spouse will encourage and build you up, when you feel safe to share and be seen for who you really are, the good and the bad. Marriage is about making mistakes, but finding forgiveness in the other person. The goal of marriage is to help strengthen the other person mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so that we can live a life of joy here on earth, but that we're going to get one another to heaven. Amen to that. All right, friends. Thank you for celebrating our 32nd anniversary with us. Um, We are excited to share this podcast with you. And so let's pray now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of marriage. We thank you for your great gift of love, the love that you gave us in your son, Jesus, that love that is available to us through a relationship with him and a relationship in marriage. And Lord, we know that marriage is under attack. We know that the devil comes to create division, to steal and destroy relationships. So Lord, we just ask that you strengthen all marriages, that you, those marriages that are struggling, that are in a valley, that are down in that gap, and it doesn't seem like there's any way to climb out. Lord, we just ask that you give them one little flicker of hope, one little word of encouragement, some way that they can just start the climb out. And Lord, we ask that you bless our families and you just let Marriage and family life be a light that shines in the world. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Yeah. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Gary, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, friends, stay happy. happy. Anniversary. Oh, thank you. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy. And I will see you next week. God bless. Spirit, we for more information on Catholic life coaching, go to my website, CatholicLifeCoachAcademy.com. In the Catholic Life Coach Academy, I equip and encourage women to live a happy, healthy, and holy life by creating an authentic relationship with Christ. As a Catholic Life Coach, I help you create a life that you love, a life that is full of great joy no matter what you are facing. In life coaching, you will learn how to connect on a deeper level in your marriage and in other important relationships. You will learn to release unhealthy habits, feelings of unworthiness or self-doubt, and replace them with self-love and compassion so that you can truly live a happy, healthy, and holy life. To learn more about Catholic Life Coaching and to schedule a complimentary call that will help you design the happy, healthy, holy life you've always dreamed about, go to catholiclifecoachacademy.com. The music for this podcast is brought to you by The Vigil Project. They make music for the Catholic journey. To learn more about their ministry and to listen to more of their music, visit their website at thevigilproject.com.